0: I'm hearing a lot of suss outside my condo tonight, which definitely means it's the summertime. People are getting into trouble. People are acting reckless and crazy. How's it going? It's another roundup. We got some good shit to get through, some bad shit to get through, some shit to get through. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. But you know what? Before we get to that, I started the Can book. I'm only just a little, little bit in, so, like, first few pages, to be honest. I'm already hooked. The mythos of Can is already too much for me to handle. I don't know how I'm going to get through this entire album. It is just a monster. They talk about uh, the author, Robert Young walks into their studio which is just an old movie theater or not not like a cinema like we think of it but a much smaller one where people would go to watch the daily news before television Their studio their studio is just one of these theaters coated in mattresses to deaden the sound it's fucking genius no state-of-the-art materials deadening the sound or creating the perfect timber no uh racks upon racks of effects and computer wizardry they just had a, a two-track mixer and that was it they said when they got the four track tracks when the band went downhill when the technology got better than a two-track they had too many opportunities they said they could actually like craft <clears throat> real songs they could they could craft uh takes and piece things together instead of just slicing things up from jams and that's when things went downhill Fucking mental Again if you hear the bell in the background, the cat is wandering around. She likes being around me sometimes at night, sometimes when she's looking for food sometimes when she just wants to she wants she doesn't want to cuddle she just wants to chill with me. I kind of like that. you know we just we sit about ten feet apart from each other and you know she she pops by once in a while just to let her let me know she she likes me. I like her too. I got to review this album first, so then I can immediately delete it off my computer, so you know it's not a positive. The New Danger by Mostef. I listened to Mostef's breakout album, Black on Both Sides, about a year ago on my drive from Texas to Illinois. The album is... Just a monsoon of beautiful tracks, melding a multitude of ideas. You could tell Mosdef didn't didn't necessarily know what to do next, or wanted to evolve the idea of being so broad in the new danger. But his broadness is unfocused and all over the map. He mixes funk with R and B and gospel, and then a whole lot of heavy metal and new metal. There's a lot of metal in this. Album with songs like Ghetto Rock, and it's mostly just terrible, just wretched metal sounds with some Rage Against the Machine on a budget style singing over it. Um, a lot of these songs don't really have a whole lot of verbal uh, rapping to them, a lot more singing. None of the singing is really good, the instrumentals aren't good it's just it's a myriad of ideas and it's it keeps wanting to be good i it's a long album at 75 minutes and i really wanted to give up a multitude of times so but every time i sat there and went i feel like we're just about to get good here we're just about to to turn the corner and i realized at that point i was already 10 songs in i had already listened to sex love and money which was a which was a nightmare i already listened to blue back blue black jack which almost was okay i almost i listened to bed stewie parade and Furo march ghetto rock like i mentioned uh freaky black greetings and there's slivers of what made most stuff so good on black on both sides on this album but there's slivers they're they're too few and far between and you're just you're starved for good music and you're just throwing this smattering of crazy ideas that just don't work together it's just such a chaotic presentation that does nothing uh to to endear or to to inspire it does nothing to provide joy it's just a slog the lyrical content a little preachy but it's conscious rap that's sort of what that kind of lyrical content is you listen to Keras, when you listen to common you're gonna get the same kind of shit. That's fine. I don't mind that that much. But wrapped up in this package, it's just brutal to get through and it's so it's such a crime that an artist can produce something so fantastic and then produce this following it up. Most Mostef after this album, took a took a uh, backseat to the music career to focus on acting. It man, do not ever listen to this if you never have. And if you have, you probably know the pain. Oh, geez Louise. Let's let's go in a completely different direction. Not in terms of quality though, unfortunately. This is a uh Hungarian rock record by the band Omega. Omega was one of the seminal Hungarian rock groups that brought rock music to Hungary, uh in a time when rock music was a lot of times outlawed a lot of times was frowned upon by the communist state suffice to say they are critical in hungarian rock and eastern european rock on that side of the iron curtain they helped spur other bands such as locomotive gt which we've talked about on the show before um hobo blues band uh muvik najifaro all these guys um basically the epicenter of that was omega and their first one of their first albums was 10,000 lepes um, and you could tell that these guys really wanted to do uh, something beyond their skill level the primarily the drummer is really really bad i i can't even express one of the tracks on here Tizaser Lepes has a drum solo on it, and it is something you should never put on an album. Something you should never be proud of. It is just rough. It is uh, off time. There's nothing fantastic about it. It's just oh boy. But the whole album is kind of like that. And it, there's a there's a charm to Omegas album here because of that it's guys who clearly are not skilled enough clearly are not very talented at what they do but they're there for the sake of music for the sake of performance these guys are still putting out records as of not that long ago so they they continue to press forward i imagine by now they're a much better band but back then, the, it's so there's a naivete to this music. There's an earnestness to this music because these guys are in way over their depth. They don't know what they're doing. It's I love Hungarian rock. Part of the bias of my culture of origin, part of it is because there is especially this early Hungarian classic rock. Sure, it's got a large Western influence, but it's got its own little bit of quirk to it, its own little bit of... Uh, 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 uniqueness that you don't get from more traditional Western rock and roll. Omega, is sort of the spawning pool. It's clearly pulling a lot from Western rock music, classic '60s music, um, without a whole lot of identity. It's people going, "We've hey, we've heard the Beatles, we've heard the Stones, we've heard we've heard those Janis Joplin and Jimi Hendrix tracks. We definitely gotta, we definitely gotta get on that." And it doesn't work. It's a failure. If you put this out now it'd be kind of embarrassing. There's times when the drummer's off off time, off tempo, the bassist plays the wrong note, the guitarist plays the wrong note, the singing is off key. It's just it it has a very amateurish packaging, but you got to imagine back then in a communist country, that's probably all they had to listen to is some, you know, bootleg sounding band or you had to go to the black market and buy legit bootleg records. Even from a novelty standpoint, it's not really worth your time unless for some reason you are a Hungarian rock historian, then sure, fine, whatever, fuck it, go listen to it, don't, don't let me stop you. But beyond that, while there are some Hungarian rock records, such as the first Locomotive GT record or some of the Hobo Blues Band records that I think are critical in classic rock music to listen to to appreciate, this album, while curiosity, holds no value to the listening experience. I went through all the Doors albums about a couple months ago, um, and I got to say, having re-listened to the majority of the catalog, there's three that I hadn't really listened to at all ever fully, so it was a chance to actually get through all the, get through those. That was the Soft Parade, Strange Days in Morrison Hotel. I'm going to keep these quick. I don't have a whole lot to say on them, just for the fact that what hasn't been said about the Doors, what hasn't been over-said about the Doors. Strange Days is the best, Soft Parade has excellent songs, but it's just qu- not quite missing the mark, or is just missing the mark a little bit, Morrison Hotel, eh, whatever, a lot more bluesy rock and roll sound, kind of lost, the psychedelicness that kind of vanished, kind of hitting that LA woman era where Van Morrison has gotten a little overweight, kind of shaggy, was kind of falling apart, all three of these albums are excellent and short, so quick, easy, fun little romps, a perfect example of why The Doors were ahead of their time in terms of their music, and that's one thing I got to realize listening to The Doors is just how advanced they were, and yes, they're given mountains of accolade, and sometimes when these classic rock bands are doled on like this, it's it can be a little eye-rolling, it's hard to imagine for me that they are this good, but... I'll give the doors credit while there are moments that I'm not particularly loving everything they're doing. They were way beyond their peers in terms of sort of the in terms of the classic rock pop rock kind of stuff they were creating hints of psychedelia, hints of baroqueness hints you even have hints of what would eventually become dream pop—and especially the album the soft parade switch songs like shaman's Blues and Tell all the People um. Then you have songs like "Touch Me," which transcend time. It's a song that is you could play it, you could put it out in any era and have a timeless sound. It's one of the most beautiful love songs, I think. Lyrically, it's a it's a love song that I have ever heard. It hits me right in the feeling zone. Um, But "Soft Parade" just a little too fluffy for me. But again, I'm not a big fan of sort of that lighter pop sound. "Strange Days," though, you got songs like the self titled strange days people are strange um and i can't see your face in my mind this album is dripping with intense psychedelia but restrained unlike something like a 13th floor elevators or a rocky erickson style record of the time no this one is together a little bit more a little bit more uh on the rails but oozing with mysterium oozing with quirkiness and acidity um the drug not the violent of uh, compounds that make you feel a little weird, a little strange, you might say. Make you feel a little weird, but they never make you feel too uh, off base. They're never too offensive or too crazy. It's all three of these albums are. Definitely listens to again with a, such a brief runtime of less than forty minutes, you can't go wrong. But also because the Doors are seminal classic rock music that paved the way for so many other future genres, so, like I said, dream pop and alter, or even including alternative rock, uh, some later forms of psychedelic rock. I can think of sort of those slower band, slower. Uh, mysterious kind of bands like early era uh, Portugal the man I could even give some credit to the Doors for creating Beach House as much as that pains me to say because I don't like Beach House but you gotta listen to them there, yes you've probably heard so much about them you've heard the singles but there's so many good songs in between the singles too kind of like the Beatles there's a reason that there's so much love poured upon them because they paved the way for so many other things give the Doors a listen if you haven't and if you have, this ain't no harm in going back to them. More classic music, and I'm talking 1996. That was 22 years ago. When did that happen? When did 22 years ago happen? But 1996, a lot of people say it was a breakout year in music in the 90s. You had DJ Shadows introducing, which we're talking about right now. And introducing is DJ Shadows' big name album, the one that, if you ever look on a best of the 90s list. They're going to be talking about introducing and there's a reason for that. introducing created future genres that we're still listening to today, including specifically trip hop. Also, Plunder uh, really blew up, didn't invent, but blew up Plunder Phonics. It created this more down-tempo rap and instrumental hip hop that is we still love today. I mean, if you ever go on YouTube and listen to one of those lo-fi hip-hop for studying channels, you are giving credit to introducing by DJ Shadow. And if you're not giving credit to it, what is wrong with you? Basically, the gist is DJ Shadow takes a bunch of records, creates a bunch, using a bunch of samples, samples these records to create these dreamy, primarily slow tempo, uh, instrumental hip-hop-like jams with really no vocals over anything, Creating these dreamy textures that have brooding, plotting beats and and uh, rhythms, but they're also. N- quite complex based on funk drumming but with these more mellowed out instrumentals on top of them so you have these funky almost James Brown like licks probably could be James Brown drum licks from his band uh, over these much more mellow tones so again when you're thinking about old uh, lo-fi hip-hop that those 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 uh, classic hip-hop breaks but on top of that um, low-key tone that kind of makes it Pleasant to listen to, but it has that beat that keeps you going. That's what introducing is all about. That's what this album is all about. Uh song songs like Changeling and songs like Midnight in a Perfect World create these dreamy landscapes for you to get lost into, but with this nice, perfect, catchy enough beat that you're continuously following along. You're continuously nodding your head, going, Yes, where is more of this? And there's so much of it to sink your teeth into. It's just sort of a marathon. It's literally at 64 minutes. It's long, but it's a marathon of just per- a perfectly constructed world for you to get lost into. But don't think it's just only for you to to get stoned to and uh, chill out to. No, no, no. Don't worry about that. Introducing also has some upbeat moments, some upbeat parts that you can get really hooked into that uh, pick up the rhythm, kind of get you, kind of get you a little bit more energized. This is stuff that was designed. For list for getting lost into for putting your headphones on sitting on the beanbag chair with uh, uh, some sort of novelty item that could alter your mental state to get really sucked into this is um, something that, that this is world building and uh, is a landmark album in instrumental hip hop that and trip hop that has not been topped has not been replicated similar are some artists. ...have come close or have really made a succession to it. Uh, I would say Prefuse 76 or Prefuse 73, sorry, is one of those perfect examples of creating this idea and even evolving from it. But this, again, kind of like that Omega album, but in a different way, is a spawning pool for so many other acts, so many other genres. And it's a critical album in how much it created so many things beyond it. And because of the critical nature of this album, it is an absolute must-listen. Even if you're not a hip-hop fan, you're going to love it because you're going to be listening to funky drumming. You're going to listen to gospel chops on top of some chill music glued on top of it. And remember, none of this was recorded in the studio for this album. This is all sample work. This is all just ide- different things that already exist in this world glued together. And that's what makes it so fantastic. Remember, in the 80s, in the 70s, even in the 90s somewhat, there weren't a whole lot of live production work for hip hop. It was just gluing pre-existing stuff together to make these sounds. Not like the trap beats of today where you just kind of make the same thing over and over again. We're beyond that. Well, we're not beyond that, but pre-created music that was compiled together glued together like a frankenstein like frankenstein's monster sounds more creative than something that was specifically designed for a song how is that that's isn't that crazy but i don't want to diss trap music too much because there are some good moments in trap music cardi b's invasion of privacy i would say in all in all earnestness is one of those perfect examples uh, I had heard of Cardi B just as a concept, as a person. I really didn't know much about her. I didn't know her relationship with one of the members of Migos. I didn't know how that she was an Instagram model. It was more of I just knew a human named Cardi B existed and that allegedly she was hard as fuck. So she releases this album, Invasion of Privacy. My understanding it's her first album, her first official album outside of maybe some singles that are a mixtape. And is it trap music? Yes. Um... But I liked it. And there's a couple reasons for that. Number 1, the production is fine. It is still sort of I would call standard trap affair, trap music it, it, from an instrumental standpoint is really not my favorite by any means. I feel it's a little too unproduced and it feels a little half cooked at times. I kind of get the sense of trap music being a template, f- the music itself being a template for the vocal performance, but it also feels like it just, it's this, like a piece of the music that just doesn't even feel completed. It's sort of a half glued together patchwork for someone just to rap off of. And the, the issue then is if the, if the vocal performance if the, if the, and if the verbal Uh, The lyrics, the lyrical content isn't strong, you're going to run into a serious issue of why the fuck am I even listening to this? Cardi B fortunately ascends those pitfalls and creates a very lovely little album to get yourself lost into um, or just bob your head to or grind on your boo to. Cardi B's Ver- vocal performance for the pr- for the most part is aggressive raw searing with razor blade edged violence you cannot mess with Cardi B she's the hardest of them all she was stripping for money now she's rapping and she's gonna beat the shit out of you and her vagina is locked and loaded her take no prisoners ver- ver- uh, verbal uh lyrical approach some could be a trap for her but in addition to her verbal delivery which is poignant it is sharp it is bludgeoning like a sledgehammer she comes across as a force to be reckoned with and to be afraid of she doesn't give a shit what you have to say which sure fine there's a lot of people that don't give a shit what you have to say but the way she presents it i'm engaged and i'm actually interested in the fact that she really does not give a fuck she don't give a fuck. And I kind of want to know a little bit more about why. It's Isn't that kind of interesting that that she has that effect on me? Um, she talks a lot about her life. She talks about beefs she has. She talks about love, romance, sex. Um, there is some of that braggadocio. Yes, there's some talking about her money and I think a Bentley she's driving. You know, song, songs like Money Bag and Ring. But then there's other songs like Get Up 10 and I Do featuring Sizzle. Or through your phone, where there's some self-disclosure about possibly the rough life she had to get to that led to where she is now. So I give her credit. There's some sincerity. There's some openness to what she's discussing. It's not all just look at me. I'm the most. I'm the most wonderful person. There's some vulnerability, and again, she delivers it with hammer blow after hammer blow. There's some moments where things are a little down tempo. Uh, such as the song Drip, coincidentally featuring Migos, my apparently my current punching bag. But for the most part, she, even if the music itself, the instrumentals, are sort of a ho-hum of trap production, she keeps things elevated and exciting and engaging to listen to. It's worth your time in, in terms of hip-hop albums of 2018 so far. It's been one of my favorite. I enjoyed it quite a lot. Um mainstream absolutely but does it do a good job of what it needs to do that's also true as well i think i think you'll enjoy it and if you're desperate for a trap album and you realize migos uh, culture 2 is a fucking nightmare to listen to you're gonna be much happier that i recommended this one to you i don't have a whole lot to say on this next album but i wanted to mention it because i went through a spat of listening to a lot of ambient records more i'll be talking about at a later point uh, the uh, artist is Imprints and the album is Data Trails it came out in 2014 I'm a big fan of ambient music um, obviously there's a time and place I'm not going to listen to a Brian and Eno, Eno record like music for airports while I'm driving down the highway but if I just need to relax on an airplane if I'm re- reading something and I want a little noise in the background ambient music is perfect uh, Data trails is varied enough; it has enough different ideas in its five songs, each running an appropriate amount of length from twelve from either four minutes in Warden Tower to twelve minutes in Horror Birds, uh, to keep me engaged. They have builds, they have swells, they have a nuance and a complexity, obviously, but obviously in this slow, drawn out manner that uh, is soothing and relaxing, that keeps the senses tickled but not overstimulated. Um, and for if I'm if I was studying, if I'm reading if I just need something to kind of play in the background that's why a perfect reason for ambient music so if you're a fan of ambient music Data Trails by Imprint is an absolute must listen pays nods and respects to Eno of course, but you know, it pays its own way as well if you don't like ambient music, this isn't going to change your mind by any stretch of the imagination nothing will but that probably means you're just a heartless bastard I listened to this one just a couple days ago the Vaccines, Combat Sports. Vaccines are a British indie rock band. They've only been around for about eight years. Um, and they're here with this new album, Combat Sports. When I got when I uh, came across it, it was built to me as punk music, which I was curious about. And for some reason, I thought they were the hives. I mistook the two. Uh, they are not. Um, this is a charming little record, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Um, Brief, about 30 minutes, um, comes, does this thing, and leaves. It's an indie rock record, not a, a punk record. What I really liked about this record is it paid a nod to the current trend of synthesizers synthwave electronica music, but made sure it still held its own in being a rock record. So, unlike some recent examples, such as the most recent Franz Ferdinand record or a big chunk of the New Decembrist record, they didn't go full synth, they didn't go full techno, they put some in there, so you definitely get some synth bits, you get some moog, but overall, those are just sprinklings that help this record stay relevant in a more electronic-based era of music. And for a band to pay credence to what the current trend is about maintaining its current identity to me is critical and it's important there's too many uh, bands at this point that have completely abandoned their identity and I think this happens at all times, They complete, a band completely abandons identity to chase what's popular, to chase what's selling right now and especially right now in this era when electronic music has hit such a massive resurgence, such it did in the 80s And some of this music, our current pop music sounds just like 80s music, a lot of rock acts are chasing that, a lot of hip hop acts are even chasing that sound, and so for the vaccines to go, hey, we get it, it's in, here's a little bit of it, but we're not really all about that, I, I have a lot of respect for that. Um, some of these songs, like put it on a t-shirt, the intro song or Rolling Stones or Nightclub have catchy sing-along little choruses. The vocal delivery is impassioned, but not abrasive. It's kind of like the music, which again, when I originally thought this was punk, I was really taken aback as to how mellow it was. Realize it is definitely not. Have a, change of, have a change of mental reference. I'm on board with this. I liked it a lot, especially if you're a rock music fan, as you guys know I am it's definitely worth your time and you're not going to be upset by it. All these songs have a catchiness to it. The hooks are sh- the hooks really engage you. You want to sing along once you kind of know what the words are. Um, the riffs and the, the musical patterns themselves have some nuances to them. They're not just th- three chord chug-alongs and especially with some of the synthesizer work that's glued into it as well, that, that extra layer adds some nice little motifs that gets peppered on top of it that you make you go, oh, that's kind of cool. And that's kind of how I felt throughout the entire record. I went, huh, that's kind of cool. I like that it did that. I like that this record did record things. A quick one before I wrap up, oftentimes look for compilation albums of different types of world music to for me to find new artists. So if you ever listen to those Rough Guide to Moroccan Latin psychedalias, those, I love digging through those. Uh, one of the more recent ones I listened to was Pomegranates, which is a collection of Middle Eastern pop music. It's Middle Eastern pop music. That's all I can really say to it. Um, so you're going to like that or you're not going to like that. I'm a big fan of it. Um, you get these little, and especially a lot of this is older Middle Eastern pop music. You get these elements of disco and 70s funk um, that played in, in the West. But, uh, but with Middle Eastern style instruments, with microtones. Um, so it's it's this clashing of worlds that for me is just an absolute treat to listen to. For some people... You know, it's going to be a little bit much. But what I will say is do yourself a favor and look for the artist Gugush, G O O, G O O S H. Her music is fantastic. She's produced some fantastic albums, still puts out music, but her stuff from the 70s, I've listened to a small chunk of it at this point. Definitely no expert, but I would say it's definitely um, worth uh, your listening ears as she blends this East meets, or West meets Middle East world. Um, That creates this wonderful marriage of two different musical ideas from two different cultures. Uh, I like the Pomegranates compilation, but again, I am a lover of music from different parts of the world. If you're just really into your 4-4 major scale stuff, you're not going to like it. But I think you really need to challenge yourself. I I bring this up too because this is a safe album to explore this in this is not the deep end of the pool this is designed to sell in the states and this is designed for you to go huh i'm kind of curious about what this might be let's go check it out finders keepers records the people the company that released this did a good job of um compiling a engaging all by safe exploration into middle eastern pop music uh, I've heard some complaints that some of the mixing and mastering was not quite right that they did goof up some stuff in there. I didn't notice anything specifically, so I can't comment on that too much. Um, uh, maybe if you're really, really into this, you would be a little bit more well versed. But pomegranates is worth your time. And this elm cover is beautiful, simple, uh, darker tan with black, the outline uh, of the draw of the of the photo. it's ma- it's a masterpiece. It truly is. We got a good episode coming up Chris and I are gonna be talking about some records from some famous artists you probably had forgotten about um some of those uh the ones that not not the the runaway albums not your dark side of the moons but the the other ones you'll find out if we like those or not so uh keep listening.